I just really had a sense this morning and just coming and even Renee just came and confirmed something in my heart and just what I just felt I wanted to just share and it's, it's really just one line actually and it comes out of Psalms and it's, it's the simple scripture out of Psalms chapter 37. You don't have to put it up Caleb but it says this, it says delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Just take a moment. Just let that sink in. Just delight yourself in the Lord. Jesus, this morning, I just pray. Holy Spirit, that has been my prayer. That has been my heart's desire. Is that, Lord God, as we know what it is to delight ourselves in you. What it is to delight ourselves in you, Jesus. We would become a people like no other. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come? And Lord, just even for those of you who sit, are sitting here this morning, just whose hearts are hardened by life's knocks, that by your Spirit you would come and soften our hearts, Jesus. Come, Jesus. Come, Jesus. Come, Jesus. So I really felt this morning that we needed to just turn our eyes upon Him and look at our beautiful Creator. And delight in Him. To know Him. To see Him. To understand Him in a way that wrecks our lives. Maybe you can just, as you're sitting there, just put out your hands and say, Lord Jesus, by your Spirit, would you reveal yourself to me? And would you cause a shift in my heart to happen? Because I really long to delight myself in you more and more. Come, Jesus. I really believe that for us to do the things that He is asking of us this year, to accomplish and to just take ground, to see souls come to know Him, to see people restored into family. It needs to start with a delight in Him. And so often is that scripture used out of context. I've, I've heard it, oh, just delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. No, it's not what that scripture's, you know, that's not what that scripture's saying. And I want us just to dig into it a little bit. But I want to just relate an incident that happened to me yesterday. And if I cry, that's okay, because I like to cry. Because it, for me, it actually just shows exactly what God is on about here. And He actually spoke to me this morning because it was so real. I was saying, God, what is it that you're wanting to reveal to your people? And so I got a, we, you guys know Noah's gone to TMT, my son. I have an 18-year-old son who's gone off to TMT, which is a 
a year of equipping for ministry and life that Josh Chen hosts in Wellington, and we dropped him off there last Sunday. Mixed emotions. Everyone's saying, how are we doing? It's been a week without your boy. It's been fine because it still feels like he's coming back <laughs> next week. Or like often he'd go away for a few days to his mates. So I think the, I think the reality hit in on Saturday when Becky took his room. <laughs> remodeled his room very quickly because he had the most cupboards <laughs> and so she's now got the most cupboards Please. but we, we obviously haven't chatted him for the week because he's been at orientation camp and they've had a blast we've seen the photos on whatsapp and everything and so yesterday or friday evening we had a chat to him and then he's phoned again just to chat to the girls and say how's it and um at the end of the conversation he said dad i need to chat to you i was like what my boy do we need to have a private moment joe said no no it's fine you can chat and he said dad on Wednesday, we were worshiping, and God did something in my life that I need to repent to you about, and I want to say I'm sorry that I have pushed you away physically, and God showed to me that I've been wrong, and I want to say I'm sorry. I burst into tears like I've cried, and I cried like I've never before, and to put into context, I mean, my boy's amazing. You guys know him. Most of you know him. And we have a very, very special relationship. I couldn't have asked for a better son. Really. We say, we, he tells me everything. He really does. I believe he does. I know. <laughs> I believe he does. <laughs> we, we, we're good mates. We're friends. We, we enjoy each other's company. We irritate each other. But we, we love each other. He's an incredible big brother. An incredible son. And I, and I would say by most standards that, hey amen, this is, this is wonderful. But there's been one area in our lives that we've never really opened up to anyone, actually. Because it's, you might think, oh, well, it's just, that's a weird thing. Like maybe just because, because he's a boy and you're a dad and you're men, you know, kind of thing. I'm incredibly affectionate. Very touchy. Ask my wife, but she knows. <laughs> my daughters know. I'm a very touchy guy. And for me... Giving hugs and loves and embraces and kisses is part of who God made me to be. And at about 14 years old, 13, 14 years old, Noah stopped allowing me to kiss him. You think, well, that's okay. He's a man. Like, men don't kiss each other. A father doesn't, sons don't, no. And so I didn't think much of it because I thought, you know, it's this natural kind of progression. He's, he, you know, it's okay. Dad, doesn't, dad mustn't kiss his boy anymore. But I could still give a hug. But the hug got a bit stiffer. And, and maybe I thought it was because he was getting quite big, you know, because <laughs> he is quite muscular. Uh, and I thought maybe it's just, you know, just because he's, he's bigger. But I'd really have to struggle to give him a hug. And when I'd come and say goodnight to him at night, like it was night, Dad, night, no, and there was no, like, come and give a cuddle. And, and so you think that's a pretty normal progression for a young man as he grows up, 14, 15, 16, 17. He's like, he's a boy. Like, no, Dad doesn't, don't, don't do that, Dad, kind of thing, you know. Girls, it's quite, I mean, for my, I mean, my girls and I, Bex and I will often walk holding hands in the mall. I think that's like weird. No, it's because she's my girl. And dads don't ever stop doing that with your girls until the day they find another man's affection in marriage, you don't start letting her sit on your lap and cuddle her. All right. Just going to put it out there. But my young boy didn't want to kiss from his dad anymore. And so we had quite a big blow in the holidays, actually, 
where I really just said, I, I just, and, and you know, I was bottling up this stuff and just going, and, and eventually I just, oh, well, you know, there's something's got to change. What is it? I've never, I've never hurt you. I've never abused you. I've never mistreated you. I have loved you. I have given you everything. I have literally poured out my life for you to death, and I would die for you. I would, I mean, he knows that dad, dad can have this, and I'm like, initially I'm like, oh, we can't afford it. Then I always look for means and ways to get it for him and make a plan. I always make a plan for my boy. He's my boy. I love him. But there was that one thing, and he just couldn't do it. And so we had a blowout in the holidays, and yes, it was hard. Eh? Like, I just let it go. He phoned his uncle, <laughs> my brother, had a long chat to him kind of thing, got some perspective, and it was like, oh, it's this natural progression, you know, men's And I was like, okay, Lord. But on Wednesday night at camp, God put his finger on that thing with him. And he realized what he had been missing out on. And he just, we just broke down and I cried. And I cried and I was thinking, I don't think I've cried that much for a long time. The girls were like, what's wrong? When someone died, Toby, my dog, is like, are you okay, Dad? <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, what is wrong? And I wept a, 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 a deep cry from here like I really have never, ever, well, I think there's been a few occasions where I have, but it was one of those moments when I wept and I wept, and I wept, and I wept, and I wept. And I said, God, what are you doing? What are you saying in this? And as, just even, I like, just even coming up to this morning, and he's okay with me sharing this. I did check with him, all right? So I'm not exposing him unnecessarily. But I just felt that's so often how we are. That we have this incredible relationship with God. We are incredibly, we are, we, you know, we know him. We, we spend a lot of time with them. You know, we serve. We're we, we faithful in the house. You know, we're we building alongside men, and we're we, 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 we doing what is right, but yet we can't kiss him. It's just something inside of us that we just can't kiss the Father. We can't sit at his feet and love on him. And I believe for us to go forward and to walk in the things that God has. And I believe that's why in the psalm, I mean, if you look at the psalm that I read, psalm, psalm 37, the context of that psalm was a people going to battle. A people who were being just uh, surrounded by wrongdoing and surrounded. And in the midst of all of this, this turmoil, there's this command, delight yourself. Delight yourself in me. And you know what the word means? And Nikki dropped it this morning. She, I haven't told her what I'm preaching. It means to lean in towards. It's one of the meanings. To lean in towards. And it's actually, it's actually one of the other meanings. It's actually more of a feminine type trait of that intimacy that a man and a woman would have with each other. Something that us guys might struggle with because on us manna. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, you went my line aside. <laughs> there was another one. Ons plakkies. Martin, sit jy plakkies op skoene vandag. But that's how we grow up. We grow up that cowboys don't cry. As men, and even women to a measure, because there's abuse and misuse and whatever, we, our hearts grow hard, and we come into a relationship with Jesus or whatever it might be, but there's this one little area that isn't totally surrendered to him. It's that intimacy with the Father. 
It's that ability to draw near to Him and embrace Him with a softness and a gentleness that melts. Remember that all resistance crumbles. To delight in Him. And He will give us the desires of your heart. So now, that conjures up a whole exposition. Doesn't mean that if you get this right, everything is going to be... What it means is that the, when you get this right, your desires will parallel with His desires. Because His desire is for you to be holy. And so you will be holy. When you delight yourself in Him, that is, I believe, one of the reasons we struggle with sin is because the, the attraction is so great and actually the delight in Him is, 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 is faded. When we hunger after Him and when we want more of Him, sin becomes ugly. The concept, I just like, I think it's um, Jonathan Edwards. He says, Jonathan Edwards, I've got a whole lot of sayings there. So, so, so I said, it's this, probably the worst put together preach because I was broken after that with my boy. I just, the concept of delighting in God is so closely intertwined with intimacy and a desire for more of His presence, a depth of the relationship where we want to know Him, feel Him more, know, sorry, know Him more, feel Him more, experience Him, him more, worshiping him, him more, converse with Him more, getting tongue-tied here, converse with Him more and find more freedom from sin. And I really believe, and I know this is this one of those things of going, man, I mean, we know the scriptures, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness will be given to you. But I honestly believe the more we delight ourselves in him, the more that concept becomes so real and alive to us, honestly, I believe we will start to walk in so much freedom as a people, or as a person, as a people, as a congregation, as a nation. And I like so. I, I really, I, I want us just now. We're gonna. I'd love for us to go back into a time of just worship, where we just would go, God. Like, I can't. I don't know what it means. What have I got to do? Like, how, and I, you know, to be honest, I, it's a command, but it's also something that because it's an emotion, we often can't make it happen. We can't even make emotions happen, but we can do things. To make emotions happen. We can put things in place in our lives. And make certain choices and decisions. I mean I'm sure you've heard it said. You make the choice and the emotion follows. Well that's very true. We choose to love someone. And we start to fall in love. We choose to forgive. I mean forgiveness is one of those things. I can't forgive. No. It's not a feeling. You choose to forgive. You choose to set that person free. And in that, the feelings will follow. You choose to love, and then the emotions will follow. And the same way, I think, by choosing to do certain things, that thing of delight and enjoyment and knowing Him in an intimate way will follow. And so maybe just very quickly, four things I just saw in that is that, obviously, by, by knowing Him more, by knowing Him more, by, by, by spending time with Him, 
doesn't just happen. It's, it's, like, it's like any relationship. The more time you spend with each other, the more you know that person, the more intimate things become. It's like we often counseling youngsters, you're spending too much time with each other. You're getting too intense. Hey? We have, we've had those battles with our kids. You're spending too much time with the person. It's not good for you. You're getting too ingewikkeld. Too gekuis. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Something happens when you spend a lot of time with someone. And if, so if it's in the flesh, why is it, in the, why is it not the same in the supernatural with Jesus? We've got to spend time with him. We've got to commit. And that's, it's a, it's a, remember, delight yourselves is not a, if you feel like it, maybe per chance, just think about it. It's a command. Delight yourselves in the Lord. So spend time with him. And what does that look like? It looks different for many of us. We can't fit into the boxes and structures that people have put in place. It has many different ways. It could be painting a house. Because it could be making a piece of furniture. Mowing the lawn could be a way that you get to spend time with God. Sitting in your office with the door closed in front of the Bible can be a way of spending time getting to know God. Running up the mountain, going for a cycle, there are ways. But then, they're not just, but they, they are ways. But are you doing it when you're doing those things? Because if... Can I just put, because if you're not, then you're not spending time with God. Can I be honest, for me, I, I mean, I used to have a carpentry business back in the day, and I used to make a lot of furniture, and, and I've painted houses, I've done a lot of odd jobs in that over the years, and often when I start to do those things, mowing the lawn, man, <laughs> I should have started a lawnmower service. <laughs> I tell you what, my mind disengages, and God starts to speak. I don't think about things. Painting, it's the most numbing thing to do. I used to kite surf when I was a bit younger and fitter and strapping. Yeah, that was a wild time in my life. <laughs> That's why Nikki married me because I had a six-pack back then. Now it's just, now it's just hidden. Still there. It's just hidden. I was. <laughs> as fuck as he knows. I was one of the first guys. Let's not bring up those stories, please. <laughs> Andrew does enough <laughs> storytelling. <laughs> Don't ask him about... Do not ask him about the kite surfing stories. But I've lost my thought now. <laughs> oh, I remember kite surfing, and that was just, I mean, we used to go back with up and down, up and down, and up and down. And suddenly God would drop something in my heart, and I would pray. I just started praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, just praying. Just, oh, sure, what the heck? And then I'd kick into a gear. And I'm like, yo, I've never experienced this before. And like, something of my spirit was connecting with God. When, I, when, you know, when I'm painting, I'm like worshiping God. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. I worship you. Look at this mountain. When I'm running up the mountain, I'm spending time with him by doing that. And any one of us can do it. Don't allow the worries of the world and the busyness of life to distract you from spending time with him. Make it a priority. Make it a priority. And I know many of us are dealing with people all day, so it's like your head's full of numbers. Uh, often, you know, Quentin jokes, he's like, he comes back and he can check the oaks, like, Quentin, you okay? Just give me a moment, kind of thing. <laughs> you know? Uh, like, our lives are full of stuff, and it's, we've got to prioritize spending time with Him. It's because it's by knowing Him deeper that we have this intimacy with Him develop. Get to know His attributes, His characteristics. You know, the more, the more you admire something, 
the more you like it and enjoy it, you know. It's the more we give of ourselves to something. And actually, Jesus is, is, he is just something else. Like he's creation. Come on. I can't, like I marvel at his creation. I'm going, my goodness, a God made this. Look at like the flowers. I love flowers. I love it when those blossoms start to open. The clivias. I've got clivias in my garden. And <laughs> the guys know my clivias. And I love it when they start to open. I'm like, man, we've got a God that makes these beautiful flowers. Admiring what he does. And obeying him. So I said four points. Three. Three points. Knowing, admiring, and obeying. One of the ways... We can delight ourselves in Him is be, by being obedient to Him. Are we obedient to the Lord? Or do we think we know better? Are we obedient to Him when He speaks? Obedience. Obeying the truth of his word. Yes, I think we are we're such a self-centered people there. Eh? We are such a, a bunch of nanas <laughs> that think we know better than him. And actually we don't. He speaks and we we shrug it off as Ah, that's a good idea. And he speaks through his leaders, and we don't want to listen. And we've hardened our hearts, and there's a little chink in our armor where all he wants to do is for us to sit at his feet and embrace him. I tell you what, the more we get to know him, the more we delight ourselves in him, the more we lean to him in affection. The more we do it, honestly, I believe we will start to actually receive so much understanding. And, and I mean, it's not about navel gazing. It's not about going, oh, it's just me and Jesus. Actually, there's something happens. One of the, the pictures we, I had while we were praying even earlier, but was this thing of this room being this massive lightness coming together as believers and, and worshiping and praising Him and glorifying. And it's this light growing and growing. And then the little light's going out. And, and being lights in the darkness. And so these times of corporate coming together and worshiping and sitting at his feet are not just a navel-gazing moment, but they're times of a refiring. Let us, for more in love with you, all-consuming fire burn, and, and we come in one voice in unison, and we look to the author and perfecter of our faith. And I tell you what, we do that well. But something needs to transform when we leave this place, transforming us so that when we leave the pl this place, we are the light to the world. We are the salt of the earth. It's not just about cushiness and, oh, that was nice. That was lovely worship this morning. Thank you, Chad, for your word. The coffee was okay. <laughs> but the word was, thank you, brother. So sweet. No word. Jesus. Jesus.
It's all about Him. And I, and I really felt, especially as we go into multiplying this congregation, it's so easy for us to get caught up, and especially us as leaders, to get caught up in the logistics and all the, you know, it's like taking a, a flower. She loves me, she loves me. You go there, you go there, you go there. <laughs> no, we, we can get caught up in all that kind of stuff. But actually, Jesus said, can you just keep your eyes on me during this time? Fix your eyes on me. Fix your eyes on me. And it's more than just us as a church and what God's doing. It's in our business, in our work, some of us struggling, whatever it might be. Just push in, lean into Him. Lean into Him. You know, the disciple John was known as the one whom Jesus loved. And I love that story when they're sitting around the table and actually it's, it talks about almost how he, and I can imagine, he had, his, he had his ears so close to Jesus that when Jesus whispered who would betray him, I think only John heard. He was so close to Jesus. Because I'm sure that was a moment where Jesus didn't want to expose the person too much, but he knew. So we need to be like John, the disciple, the lover, the one whom Jesus loved, the one whom Jesus adored. I want that. I want that. I, I, I don't want to just be someone who's just serving God, going for it. Like just, I want someone who is a lover first, a lover first of our beautiful Savior who died for us, who rose again, and we have victory in Him. Not many points, not many profound measures of wisdom, but just I want, my heart's desire is that every one of us would fall loving God, fall in love with God. And I mean, we've heard the things about forsaking, and it's not about that this is just a fresh moment that actually, like I said, then me and my boy, great relationship. On the outside, couldn't have asked for anything better, but there was this one area. He wouldn't let me kiss him. And his embraces were stiff. They were hard. Maybe that's just that one area of your life right now. Maybe the worship team can come up again. And so I just want us just to take a moment, just to close our eyes, and just allow the Holy Spirit to wash over us. This piece of scripture I'd just like to read over us. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. Your anointing oils are fragrant. Your name is oil poured out. Therefore, virgins love you. And here's the request. Draw me after you. Let us run. The king has brought me into his chambers. I think I've said it so many times before. I don't want to be known as a church who has this incredible ministry into the poorer area or this church that has this incredible healing ministry or in phenomenal worship. I want to be known as a church and as a people that are lovers of God. Lovers of God. 
that when people go past, they don't see the masses gathering, but they go, yeah, this is a big church. That knows they are lovers of God. Lovers of the King. Lovers of the One. Starts there. Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in His presence. Delight yourself in knowing Him. In admiring Him. Delight yourself in obeying Him. Allow His desires to become yours. His desires for you to live a life that is holy, pleasing, acceptable. His desire is to see the lost get saved. Allow His desire to become yours. His desire is to see every one of us knitted into family, slotted into a church, contributing, not just attending, but contributing, being part of building, building, building. That's His desire. Let that become yours. What is it? And start to ask him those questions. Lord, what is it you desire? What is it you desire? Let your desires become mine. Because I want to please you.